The world's newest nation, South Sudan, will be a year old next week. The country now has its own currency and internet domain, but it also remains one of the poorest nations in the world. Yet some still find reason to celebrate. In the capital, Juba, reporter Alexa Dvorzin spoke with one of South Sudan's young nation builders. Ladies and gentlemen from the Atlantic Persuasion speaking, welcome on board on our way to Juba. Seen from the air, South Sudan's vastness is matched by its challenges. While newcomers gasp at the lack of infrastructure, old-timers marvel how far Juba has come in just a year. But there's a lot of unfinished business with Sudan to the north, some of it bloody. Border disputes, ethnic conflict, and issues over oil wealth. Palek Matthew, a 24-year-old law graduate, takes a pragmatic view. Being a new nation is a very big challenge. Things can get really messy. But as much as there's a chance for things to go bad or things are not looking very promising, personally, I think it's better that we have separated. It's our country, you know. Let's just stay good neighbors instead of being together and things are not getting anywhere. But it's not easy being good neighbors. Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir is accused of war crimes and wanted by the International Criminal Court for genocide. And South Sudan was heavily criticized for its April incursion of the Heglij oil fields across the border. Palek, an ethnic Nuer whose family is from the south, grew up in Khartoum during Sudan's two-decade civil war. When she moved from the north to Juba four years ago, she gave up a much higher standard of living. But she has no regrets. Life was better there, but I was the one who went and told parents, I want to go to South Sudan. And I remember there was only one proper road. Everywhere else, it was just no electricity, no proper water, infrastructure, Uh uh-uh. People sleep once the sun sets. I was like, God, what kind of life is this? You know, it was just something I wasn't used to. But I was glad I'm in my country. I mean, this is my home, you know. So that's it. I got used to it bit by bit. You still need a four-wheel drive to navigate Juba's deeply rutted roads. Or you can ride on the back of a Boda Boda, the ubiquitous motorcycles from neighboring Uganda that serve as taxis. Despite the fertile soil, there's no commercial agriculture, so food is expensive because most of it is imported. Sipping a cool drink as UN peacekeeping troops splashed around in a swimming pool one broiling afternoon, Palek shared an experience she had on the losing side of job discrimination, a kind of favoritism she thinks is holding her country back. When I finished my law degree... I was the top of my class for four years. And when I came to apply to legal affairs, I didn't get a job. I don't know what happened. When I went to apply, they're asking me, who sent you? Who recommended you? I mean, like, I'm a graduate of law school. Do I have to be recommended? These are my degrees. And some of my colleagues are there. Some subjects they didn't clear, and they're already sitting in offices as legal advisors. So I just... Are they men? Men and women. (laughs) So to me, I felt like this is a very unfair, very unfair system. Palak diversified for a while, working at an organization promoting press freedom and as a TV anchor. She sympathizes with her compatriots who have found themselves in tough situations after returning from the diaspora. But while immigrants from neighboring countries are eager to take jobs here, she can't say the same about many locals. I'm going to be very frank, and this is what I feel. If you go around Jubatown, you'll see a lot of young, healthy men seated from morning to night drinking tea on the street. They're not disabled. Some of them are university graduates, but they'd rather sit there, drink tea every day and do nothing. Well, too bad somebody else will come and do something that you could have possibly done. You get me? So 
there's this attitude we need to change our southerners because there are some jobs like being a waiter or a waitress in a hotel or in a restaurant they don't want to do that they're kind of proud like i can't do this you know driving those buses for public transport they don't want to do that then too bad somebody else will come and do it if you don't want to do it you know palek's can do spirit eventually won out she expects to get her law license this month and plans to open her own practice She's also joined the South Sudan Women's Empowerment Network, a group campaigning for constitutional reform and greater awareness of women's rights. For Palek, the 9th of July is tinged with sadness. Her father died two years to the day before independence. So she'll be spending some time alone, she says, for reflection. After that, it's back to nation-building. For The World, this is Alexa Divorson in Juba, South Sudan.